Welcome, friends, to episode 14 of Quest Rewind, where for the past couple of weeks, we've been traveling back to the year 2002 and talking about some of the highest rated games like Splinter Cell, some games that even though they were super popular back in the day, we never played them. So we had somebody like Ryan talk about his experience with a game like Elder Scrolls Morrowind and with that modern mindset, what was that like? And as beautiful as this journey has been so far today, people, we flip the script and talk about some of the worst rated games from 2002. Not just in in essence, we've actually gone back and played some of those games, including yours truly, Juan from Puerto Rico. I'm Ryan from Boston. And I'm Keith from London, Ontario, Canada. Why are we doing this, guys? We're all going to be miserable together. Why why are we doing this? In order to appreciate the good, you need to dabble in the bad. And this is our dabbling, I guess. And uh, yeah, I I don't know why we're here. (laughs) I guess uh, I, I, I once read, if you're always happy, how do you know that you're happy? Because it's the only thing you know, right? So you, you, you know, need I also a little read bit once that if you ha- if you're happy and you know it, you should clap your hands. <laughs> that is something. So that I'm you not going to clap do. at all. So I don't, yeah, I don't feel like we're we're not going to be clapping at all on on this episode. <laughs> but I think it is also important, right, to not just look back at a year with rose tinted glasses, right? We yeah. need to be realistic and say, hey, even though we're talking about the best of 2002, that doesn't mean that was this amazing year that was beyond criticism, right? There was some junk that came out that year. And I think it's important to also talk about that. So we're not just painting a picture one way. We're trying to give a little bit more context to what 2002 in gaming was like. Absolutely. And everybody watching and listening, if it's at uh, youtube.com slash quest rewind, please consider subscribing. We also have the Discord available on the description. And if you're checking this out on uh, Spotify, you can't leave a full review, but you can drop those five stars. And that really does go a long way in helping out. Now, before we just reveal the games that we've played and tortured ourselves with, I was really thinking about this, which is going back to 2002, do you remember playing bad games that year because you mentioned rose tinted glasses ryan right i think even with the best games that we played we kind of forget the bad moments of them we we remember them in this perfect light and as somebody that i didn't have a lot of money and i've said this before i really looked up reviews to the point that generally speaking i avoided terrible stuff Although rentals, you were a little bit more flexible with that. What about you guys? This was still around the time where I was renting games like a little bit like game toward, you know, we're in the game, the early GameCube years. So I think this was kind of like the last few years that I was actually renting games. And that was my most likely way of running into bad games. I was less likely to take a chance on games that I wasn't too sure about by actually like buying it. And I think this is also the time I was just kind of at the age where like, unless it was Christmas or something, like my mom wasn't going to buy me a game. Like I had to spend the money myself. So I was very selective. Um, So I feel like I, because of that, I ran into less bad games, but you know, we talked about like WrestleMania 18, which wasn't a total disaster, but that was one of those. It was one of the lesser wrestling games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was one of the worst wrestling games in terms of outside of the actual like gameplay itself. Uh, But 
Other than that, I feel like I was playing it pretty safe around this time and was running like I feel like I'd put more time into a game, but I was playing less total games. Yeah, I like to think that I was smart enough to know how to spend my money at this point, because like you won, I was looking at reviews and really deciding what I wanted to play, not just like aimlessly renting things and seeing if they were good or not. Because as kids, we all have those experiences. And a lot of those for me lived on like the Super Nintendo of, oh, this game looks cool. Actually, it's kind of a piece of trash, but I rented it. So I guess I have to play it for the next week. And having a lot of those types of experiences but by 2002 i knew how to like i knew where to look for reviews i knew what kind of looked like a good game was it a perfect formula absolutely not because even years later i would still get hoodwinked into bad star wars games like the force unleashed 2 that i will never forgive myself for (laughs) but that's another story for another day but yeah no uh, at at this time i was leaning more towards things that i enjoyed and kind of avoided the bad games from that and I think part of the reason that we also wanted to do this is, you know, Ryan, you mentioned it and, and Keith as well. Like back in the day, reviews were really important because it's all you had. It's like you you can just go on YouTube and, and look up a clip of a game or a video review. So that's really all you had because and he sometimes... And you know what Sushi X thought about X game Absolutely. and EGM. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. The, all those made up names. I actually thought they were like real people, especially in GamePro magazine. The little, um, the little uh, 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 icons that they will have and all that stuff. So what we did for this episode is we went to Metacritic and we didn't look at those green ratings. No, we, we hit invert and just went yeah, for We went to the last page, baby. <laughs> the, the last sp- uh, page. And, and in this case, um, Ryan, the, the game that you're going to review, I'm just going to quote Nintendo Power. And, and you let me know. You let me know if Nintendo Power got it right, okay? According to Nintendo Power, who gave it a 44, they said, and I quote, probably not cool enough for experienced gamers, Ice Age is perfect for beginners. Perfect. That, that is a word. That is a word to throw out there. So, right, we're going to be talking about Ice Age for the uh, GBA, is it? Yeah. I think First, it was, I need to know, okay. are you a perfect gamer, Ryan? Is this, <laughs> is was this for game you? for you? <laughs> uh, this was not perfect for me. I, I think I would go with another review that I saw on Metacritic, which was that this game was a joyless experience <laughs> <laughs> that felt more like it. So obviously this is a movie tie-in game. It's based on apparently Disney. I thought it was DreamWorks. We all could have sworn it was DreamWorks, but apparently it's Disney that did the the Ice Age movies, which I never even saw the full first movie. But it kind of caught my eye because I thought it would be fun to do a movie tie-in game because a lot of times they're very... uh, Most of the time, they're more of a miss than a hit. But yeah, graphically... Compared to other stuff you would see on the GBA, like this game looked like it belonged on the NES. Um, There is like you play as either the mammoth or the sloth dude. And when you play as the mammoth, like there is the the child, like the human child that's like with the whole crew, like the whole crew during the movie. And that 
like sprite character really looks like it's like should belong in an it looks NES like the worst or, flash game or, for, or, for yeah, context yeah. on the video does version. look like a yeah. flash game yeah like yeah. just to let everybody know keith and i in particular like this is the first time i've just straight up looked up ice hdb a long play and this is my first impression and I have never seen so few animations, like frames of animation <laughs> yeah, on a character. It, um, like for real, there are things on Newgrounds that looks better yeah. than this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, it, is, it is not ideal. Um, and don't even get me started about like the knockback when you get hit with something and the way that you jump, because naturally you want to jump forward in the air as your mammoth or whatever but if there's like something directly in front of you you're gonna run into it every time and get knocked back and it's super annoying and then never mind the fact that there are these sloth levels that are like auto scroll levels and with the knockback you can't even imagine how how you can just instantly die all the time for no reason thankfully the game is a little forgiving in the way that like you're collecting acorns as like your coins, right? And when you get hit, you lose some acorns. So it's kind of like that sonic effect or whatever. If so, you can't like recoup your acorns, but you can keep getting hit until you completely run out of acorns. So in that way, it is forgiving that you can die a bunch of times unless you like fall off a cliff or into the water. Um, you can go for a while um, and yeah, every once in a while you get one of these like large nuts that, that you can shoot a large nut at somebody. I know how it is, you <laughs> yeah. know. Sometimes it just um, happens. You get a you get a little busy. You uh, yeah. don't have much time. Now, as you keep goes. as you keep uh, saying that right now, I just want to pause quickly here because <laughs> as as much of its fault as you're you're revealing, hey, YouTube has people, right? Human beings, if you will. And what if those human beings wrote here nine months ago? This is nine months ago. Finally, this is one of my favorite games. I wanted to do a long play of it years ago, but found the atmosphere to be noob unfriendly to persevere. I done speed runs of the game, made two tech videos, figured out most of the password structure. And they've, they've done piano covers to some of the music. So it's like I read one time, even the worst movie is somebody's favorite movie. Yeah, yeah I that's guess. a lesson I learned a long time ago back when we had a wrestling podcast where it, you have to assume that everything is somebody's favorite thing. Like, it might not be for you, but you know, somebody growing up, this could have been their favorite game, right? Like, they might have been young and grandma got them a GBA and grandma got them this game with along with it. And this is all they had to play as a kid. And you have that fondness because of it. So it looking at it like this, it looks like crap to me. <laughs> Would I spend my time playing it? No. But you know, you kind of got to respect the fact that there is at least one person on this planet where it could be their favorite game. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. Like, there are those games, like you said, you get them as a kid and that's all you can play. So you basically just brute force it to try and enjoy the game. You convince yourself that that's a good game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, mm -hmm. there's part of me. I had, for the original Game Boy, I had the Toy Story game and I never beat that game. And there's part of me that wants to go back and see if I can actually beat that game. I remember it got pretty difficult. Toward, yeah, right. I remember it got I'll pretty difficult to towards the end. So I could see someone growing up with this that would want to go back. And like I said, it is forgiving in the sense that, like I said, the with the amount of acorns, you can take a lot of damage. But 
it's got a lot of those bad like nes tropes like that you would see in like karate kid and stuff where you get like knocked back and like i said those some of these moments are just like really annoying like i said that the sloth auto scrolling levels where literally like you start from a checkpoint you run into one thing and you're knocked off the screen and i'm just like what is going on this is supposed to be a children's game <laughs> like why does it make me want to tear my hair out uh and yeah the boss fights um they're they're a little interesting like i said i mentioned those you know you you throw those nuts around um a lot of times the boss fights involve uh using those and there were some moments that I was like, oh, this, like, I see a little bit of clever platforming going on here that involved shooting those those big nuts. And that was like, there was an area where there would be like a line of bats and they're like floating and there's no other way to get them than to keep going back and recollecting the big nut to like shoot it to eventually clear your path. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then they just like drove it into the ground immediately where I was already over it and didn't, didn't want to do it anymore. But <laughs> As most of these games do. <laughs> yeah. So I can see why this was a low rated game. It's far from like the worst game ever. But when you're comparing how many like graphically, you got games like Crash's Huge Adventure, which look infinitely better than this game. And then, um, you know, just platformers have been done so much, so much better. So that like when you're comparing it to all these other things, there's no reason to play this over any of the other GBA games, like top GBA games. And, and the thing that really makes me think is you even brought up Toy Story. Even the games that don't review great like this, which got, you know, less than a, I think it was like a 38. Because it's characters, whether you're a kid or an adult, it's a character you recognize, you kind of forgive the game a little bit. Like, I remember you mentioned uh, Toy Story. I played the Toy Story game on Super Nintendo, and I always always enjoy playing that, but I was always frustrated, and things about it didn't make sense. But it sounded like Toy Story, and it looked like Toy Story. So my head, it's like, oh, this is great. But remove that, and it's like, oh, hell no, I'm not playing this. Yeah, I just remember when you have to sneak into Pizza Planet, it's a very difficult level. Oh, it's really, really <laughs> annoying. But uh, thank you for sharing this, Ryan. And um, what I'm curious about is, would you be interested in, in the future of exploring other movie-based tie-ins? Like, this won't, this isn't the, the only one in this episode, people, by the way, so keep an eye out for that. But do you think there's a movie, a movie tie-in game that it exists for a movie that you like that you haven't played and would like to at some point? I would have to think about that. Nothing's coming to mind off the top of my head that is uh, <laughs> that seems like something I would want to play. Aside from, um, and I know you've talked about this game and played it before, the Revenge of the Sith game, or also the Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I've never, a lot of people oh, rave yeah. about I that mean, game. That, that game's just I've, oh, I've so never, good. I've never played it, or maybe I played a teeny bit of it. Um, so that's probably one I would try out. That is absolutely a great game. And, you know, I, I legit just realized all of our picks for this episode are based on an existing either movie or television huh. show. I wonder if that's if there's a reason yeah. that that was yeah. not that was not you planned, know, by the way. Is it a theme that those are some of the lowest rated games of 2002? Wow, quick cash grabs know. end up not panning out well. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. So having said that, 
uh, Keith, in your case, you picked James Cameron's Dark Angel. Yeah, and, uh, let's talk about James Cameron's Dark Angel for a minute, because I had no idea <laughs> that this was a thing. Like, I had always written... We're we're going to talk about the IP Dark Angel for a minute here because this was a this was a trip. Yeah, so this, for, for context, on. this is the opposite, right? It's like as opposed to you know maybe some of us are familiar with Ice Age. You never watched the uh, the show, right? No, I I had always written it off like you know how there was that long line of like femme fatale shows. Like there was that La Femme Nikita. Pam- like La Femme Nikita, exactly. That, that's the first thing I thought of because it aired after Monday Night Raw. Oh, such good memories. <laughs> and then there was like a Pam Pam Anderson one that was on Spike TV <laughs> constantly. And oh, I, I had always... Called? Uh, Who cares? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> but I had always written this show off to be another one of those. So I never watched it growing up. I heard up, it was good. So and it was responsible for it was kind of like the launching point for Jessica Alba's career I'm pretty yeah. sure so but i yeah i think it was good from what i remember i think she has like does she have like a barcode on the back of her neck like she's agent 47 or something i, I think kind of yeah so get a load of this cuz this on paper this should be my favorite story ever in james cameron dark angel there is a a event called the pulse that happens that sends humanity into a fray does this start sounding familiar at all with james cameron products yeah where there's a pulse that takes out all technology and sends um the world into basically an apocalyptic state and then they start experimenting with super weapons and super soldiers and then dark angel or uh jessica alba's uh character her name is max uh like escape she's one of those super soldiers these super soldiers are basically the snakes from metal gear solid like they are made from like perfect soldier dna and like warped and shaped to be these insane soldiers this show is basically terminator meets metal gear solid i should love this on paper but (laughs) if it is anything like it is portrayed in the video game i can see why it only lasted about two seasons It's, uh, it wasn't all that great. So now getting into the video game itself, there's nothing really like egregious about it. There's nothing really bad about it. It's just very, very forgettable. It, it's a beat-em-up and it's a pretty standard 3D beat-em-up. Like I played about an hour and a half of this and the things I was doing in minute one, I was still doing in minute 90. And it was, it just got very boring, very quick. Like, oh, it had the, um, it kind of had that like rock, paper, scissors things that good beat-em-ups do where it's like, oh, here's the guy that has the gun. So now you need to use the thing that takes out the guy with the gun or here's the sniper and you need to use something called a stealth gun to take him out. And the concept of a stealth gun rules. I can't even wrap my head around it. And it was just, it, it there, there's just nothing special about it. <laughs> there's just a boring beat-em-up game. I, I got to a point where I was in Max's apartment and I had to go rescue somebody named like Original Carol or something like that. <laughs> and I decided that uh, OG Original Carol, Carol didn't need rescuing and I was done. <laughs> Rip. But the, the, the only really complaint I have about my time with it is 
this game does not figure out its own camera where um like in a lot of beat beat em up games and i guess not so much in 3d ones you kind of have your set um area where you're fighting and then the camera doesn't really move with the character that much well in this game the your character is kind of the center point and the camera moves around her but a lot of the time you're not in like a box where you're trying to do combat. Yeah. So if the there's a corner one is showing uh, for those on the video version is displaying that perfectly what you're talking about, Keith. It's just yeah, it's because very erratic. It's a narrow corridor and every time she turns around, the camera tries to go with her. So I can see that getting a little nauseating after a while. Yeah, it's the cam you're just fighting the camera constantly and you're already having a like a mediocre experience and it just takes you takes all this like the air out of you having to fight with that camera. So that that's kind of Dark Angel with a nut in a nutshell. I wouldn't say it's a bad game, but I wouldn't say it's a good game. It's kind of another one of those things where it it's almost at the tail end of that time where everything needed a video game. Even the shield, like, which was an amazing TV show, like that got a game. I never played it, but mm-hmm. there's you a twenty four probably... game out there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's every one of those TV series needed a video game tie in, and it didn't need to be a good video game tie in, but they oh, yeah. needed to have one. And this is just another one of those. Any, you don't like, really see them any, anymore. And basically, anything and everything got a PS two game in this time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And and as I'm looking at it, I think I watched a couple of episodes of the show, but they could definitely do worse in that I think beat em ups are the are the easiest game to do in that in essence, as long as you mash a button and you're taking, you know, enemies out, it's serviceable enough that if they don't make it a long game, because that's another thing, right? Some games, uh, I don't remember the I don't know what the original price of this was, but usually those games based on television shows and all that would be like 10, 20 bucks cheaper. They would be on the shorter side. So they they knew going in, right? Nobody expected this. Um, it, this wasn't, this wasn't like getting the two any towers. awards. Yeah. E- exactly. This is a companion piece. And this is actually a good question. Like, do you guys think the same way with uh, Ice Age, the, the game I'm going to talk about, I don't think that really needs that kind of marketing. The same way that I was introduced to wrestling uh, through the video games. Like I would look at the box art for the video games and that compelled me to watch the television show. Do you guys think that with stuff like Ice Age and stuff like this, even if they were not great, it's like, oh, I like these characters, but I can see them and like they don't actually suck in the in the real version. Do you guys think there is an element where they know they're not making the best, but they're kind of hoping people double dip and check out the show or the movie? I mean, go look at the GBA library and how many SpongeBob SquarePants games. <laughs> that are. is true. But even I on PS2. Know. Even on PS2. I feel most of the time it's the reverse, where the movie is popular, so they make a game based on that, as that's like the cash grab. Where I could see something like Dark Angel. The game is partly there as like a commercial for the show where something that needs to help. But I don't think Ice Age or SpongeBob, you know, they were wildly popular. I feel like, well, Ice Age, this I think the game came out the same year as the movie. So it's kind of like a tie in. But like SpongeBob games and stuff, I think that was based on how wildly successful SpongeBob was. 
Um, but like I said, something like Dark Angel, I could see that like the game might have been there to try and like get more people interested in the show. Yeah, with kids IPs, I think it makes a lot of sense because there's that familiarity, right? So when grandma goes and buys the video game, it's system, always grandma. Oh, yeah, it's always <laughs> yeah, grandma. Poor and then, granny. <laughs> and then grandma sees, oh, my grandson loves the SpongeBob. So then she'll go she and like pick a up the SpongeBob game. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but when you get into more mature IPs, kind of like your Dark Angels, like your 24s, like that weird spy hunter game that the rock had a movie right, of. Right. <laughs> like, then <laughs> i think yeah it becomes more of like a marketing tool an unnecessary marketing tool because i imagine what they are going for with these are hey i like this thing i want more of the thing i like so we are going to pump this out because of it but if you're kind of if you're aiming for that audience you need to make a quality product because as you get old you become more respectful of your time and put up with less crap kind of like this so if you why bother if you're going to like if if you're not going to put any effort into it and just kind of flush it out there why even bother at that point because you're going to leave a sour taste in somebody's mouth if you're like aiming for a more mature audience or ip and here, uh, just out of curiosity, so uh, Dark Angel, it got a 48 on Metacritic. And, I mean, it technically did a little bit better, though that's not saying much. Uh, official U.S. PlayStation Magazine said, the game is essentially a distillation of everything cool, quote-unquote, about the show. So after about five minutes of play, you start to understand why the show was canceled. Damn, damn, Ooh, damn PlayStation dang. Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And GamePro said, unfortunately, the stealth elements fall tragically short of well-conceived. Uh, there it's are more stealth? along the lines of comically <laughs> okay. maddening. Damn. So not not so great stuff. And and just for the sake of curiosity, before I torture you guys with uh, my pick, just some of the games based on movies and, and stuff uh, that we may forget. It's like we got a Ghostbusters, Toy Story 3, G.I. Joe. Up got one, G Force, uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. That's a freaking that game's better than the movie by like tenfold. Yeah, that, that is a great <laughs> example of a game that is better than the movie. That game, yeah. but have you played and the other Wolverine game that came out in like 2002 or something? Oh, I, I actually have, and yeah, that, <laughs> it's not. Oh, I actually played it again last year. It's yeah. it's not great by any stretch. I just remember there was that like Windago boss or something that was so annoying in that game. But yeah, that yeah. game was like brutal. I remember you like sneak into like a military camp or something and like they'd be like these guys sleeping in their cots and he would literally like pull their legs through like the the footboard or whatever to like nut them on the bar and then slash them in the face and you're just like jesus wolverine like man yeah, my, my only memory of x-men origins wolverine is him taking a guy's head and putting it into a helicopter the helicopter blade. oh so good <laughs> jesus so good i actually own both the man. 360 and the ps3 versions of that game it's freaking awesome not <laughs> awesome though not awesome though um Knowing that I like platformers and beat 'em ups, I thought, hey, it can't be that bad. Like, I just said that about Dark Angel, yet here I am, totally going to go against the grain there because uh, going back to the GBA, I decided to play Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones for the very first time. Uh, this game got a meta score of 38, with GamePro citing 
One of the most maddening problems is that each time you die, which happens a lot, and I can attest to that, you respawn at the beginning of the level. There is no continue mm. option, and you can't skip Instant the story so far screens. Yeah. Um, so let's let's like go back to like 2002, right? This is the revival of Star Wars, for better or worse. Uh, you know, we had gotten the Phantom Menace. Here we are halfway through. And much like Ice Age, it's like the GBA is a freaking badass machine, right? The GBA is capable of some visually stunning stuff. Yet this game, it looks like a pirated thing. Like the animation, <laughs> the color, uh, you play as a Anakin and you essentially move right. <laughs> the, the, there are hack and slash and beat em up games where you also just essentially move right. That's what most games do. But literally the first stage of this game, most enemies die in one hit. But here's the thing. You can't just press up to jump. You actually have to hit, hit a, a combination of buttons to jump. You have to yeah. move forward and attack. Like you can't just attack standing still. You have to be pressing the D-pad in a combination. So it becomes really aggravating. And then the thing is, like, it's a game that you are so aware of, please move right, please jump correctly, to the point that actually playing the game is secondary to just understanding <laughs> how the mechanics work. And then as if that's not bad enough, one of the best things about a game is when you beat down an enemy or something, you hear a sound effect, right? It's that indicator of that you're hitting them. Most it's of these the enemies have either next to no sound when you when they die, they just fall, but they don't really make a sound. So it's like, are they getting back up? Like, what's going on here? That's one Not of those like under appreciated aspects of a video game is that yep. feel, right? Like, if there's just this hollowness when you do something, it it's like sound design is way more important than people realize. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And we're talking about Star Wars. I mean, if you want to talk about sound design, yeah, you have a million, you have a billion sounds in their library to choose from. Exactly. And you chose none of them. <laughs> and then the worst thing is that, as uh, that uh, GamePro review cited, every time you die, you just go back to the beginning. There's no transition. Like, there's no welcoming. And look, you know, we live, you know, even before we, we hit the record button, there's games like Elden Ring and Dark Souls. Like, the essence of dying in a game and trying trial and error, that is a thing, right? When the game is good, but when the game is bad and you get punished and you got to do all that all over again, I can't tell you, like, I Well, yeah, I played. remember you were stuck. You couldn't I, jump oh over that thing. He couldn't figure out how to do a high jump. He was literally on stream sitting there for 30 minutes trying to jump over something. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible awful. because there was legitimately a jump that if you felt the first time, you couldn't go back because it's one of those games that once you move forward, you can't just like walk back, right? You're kind of locked to where you are and, and beyond. So I literally had to just kill Anakin, try again and just try again. And this motivated me just to talk a little bit about a, a positive change and how the GBA is capable of doing so much more. It motivated me to play uh, Revenge of the Sith on the GBA because every every review said, hey, hey, it's okay, buddy. We, we got you in the next game, fam. Holy crap, that next game's freaking amazing. 
Like visually, it's amazing. It's got a leveling up system. It's got an upgrade system. Side scrolling hack and slash still. It's the same genre. But Keith, I would just love to know because you are the Star Wars dude among the the, the bunch of us. Had you known about this game or when you're seeing it now for the first time, like just just talk to me, man. Yeah, I did not know that this game existed up until recently, just never having owned a GBA. And it's just so disappointing. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the footage on the video version here for the first time, and it's just so disappointing to look at because if the you want to talk about... Wrong. <laughs> Yeah, it just, it's everything about this game is weird. <laughs> but the thing that like really bothers me about it is that there are some good Star Wars tie-in games. Like I'm a big defender of the um, episode three uh, Revenge of the Sith PS2 game. I love that game. That's good, yeah. Because you go through the events of the movies and it's like, I mean, they stretch it out a bit and make it more video gamey, but you're still kind of following the same thread as the movie. And in Star, if you're going to call a game like Star Wars Episode 2, you might want to have some stuff that loosely connects it to the actual movie. Like, yeah, I, I bet there's a few levels. Like, you probably fight Count Dooku somewhere in there. But you're not really, like, going by the footage that you were showing here... I must have blacked out during the part of Star Wars Episode 2 where Anakin Skywalker fights training droids for 20 minutes. Like, there, there's... <laughs> that has nothing, scenes, dude. nothing to do with the movie itself. Like, you're just... You're taking a game where you have you have so much material to work with and unless maybe it came out before and they didn't have access to it but that seems crazy in its own kind of way and they didn't know what to use but just the fact that you have all of that there and you chose to use none of it and then like think that you could do better than the movie itself like it's it's very disappointing and i can see why it wasn't well received especially compared to it's um the game that came after it's Star Wars Episode 3, which is very, very faithful to the movie, even the GBA version. Like, that, that's the part of it that makes it fun to me. Like, you were playing a portable version of one of my favorite movies of all time. Don't at me about that. And, I mean, it goes back to, uh, you know, Ryan, you brought up uh, The Two Towers and Return of the King. People never talk about Fellowship. I own all three games, and there's a reason. It was a different developer, different type. So I think it's a very similar story to this where... Look, you, you have the damn IP. I mean, holy crap. You, you can't go wrong with the Star Wars regarding what you can do. But I'm really happy that we had a chance to, uh, you know, really flip the script and, and talk about three, you know, not so great games. And I really would love to know for everybody watching and listening, um, if you will be interested, you know, in us in the future torturing ourselves a little bit and maybe going <laughs> to another year and doing the polar opposites hey let's talk about let's play an hour a piece or a couple hours of the highest rated game and then some of the worst stuff because i don't know about you guys and i would love to know as we close here even going in like i know i'm not going to play a great game like subjectively speaking these reviews aren't great but i like to find some positives about them like i, I genuinely enjoy it's like a lot of people that like uh, B, C, D great horror films, right? You 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 laugh at some of the bad stuff, and here, it's like even the worst games. And and I read this in an article one time. 
it's better to play a, a horrible game than a boring game. Because a horrible game, after a while, you start to laugh at it. A boring game, after a while, you want to shut it off and you don't even talk to people about it. So what's it, you guys? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. At least if it's bad, you can find the joy in... And you, you, can, you can almost have fun with how much of a bad time you're having. But if it's just so forgettable, if there's just nothing to take away from it, like there's no joy to be had there. It is a literal joyless experience. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the appeal of when we see things like the angry video game nerd and like enjoy exactly. seeing the the hilarious parts about bad games and it can be especially fun like if you and your friends are hanging out and you play a bad game and you're able to laugh at it together it's a little bit different sometimes when you're just sitting alone wasting your time on a bad game and you're just kind of like what am i doing with my life <laughs> like i'm not <laughs> enjoying this yet i'm still playing it yeah because here in the worst case scenario at least we get to talk about it right yeah so uh, people, once again, can't stress enough how much we really do appreciate the Discord community. So if you haven't joined there, that is available on the description of both the YouTube video and the podcast feed. Now, to close everything off, we thought we'd do something a little bit different for the next episode. Like we've really been enjoying just this kind of like even this was a bit of a watch along, right? Like one of us played the game, then the other two are looking at the gameplay, kind of reacting to that and the person's experience. And I found uh, footage of something that's probably going to get some kind of copyright thing on, on YouTube. But <laughs> we mentioned during our, our uh, 2005 Microsoft press conference, wouldn't it be interesting to look at an earlier press conference where it was literally more of a press conference rather than an event? And on the YouTube, there was actually the Nintendo 2002 press conference where they, they showcase stuff like Wind Waker, Super Mario Sunshine, Metroid Prime. Like it is, it is quite the experience. So in case you want to catch up with us before we publish that, just look that up, Nintendo 2002 press conference. If everything goes according to plan on the YouTube version, uh, we will have the video above and then us at the bottom, so you don't even have to look somewhere else. And if you're going to be in the podcast feed, you can actually just watch the actual uh, video on the YouTube app as you're checking us out on uh, Spotify or anything. So uh, just just to, to and tease we'll have links people. to all that in the description. Exactly, it'll make make it easy peasy lemon squeezy for you. So and so we just go right to the green when we hit play. You guys haven't seen that knowing that we are going to the early 2000s and it could be a very boring event or who knows maybe there's some really cringy stuff that makes us enjoy like what's your expectation going into that i have zero expectation i have no idea what we are in for but i am excited to see where we end up because it's before the press conference so i nintendo had been doing that forever with space world but nintendo is a company of crazy people so who knows exactly what is waiting for us there and i can't wait to see it yeah i'm like is this e3 or is it space is it space world is this like the last space world or something i don't remember but i believe it's one of their own events but we'll find yeah. out there we'll find and, out uh, yeah so. i think that's what they were calling it but I, i've definitely seen like a teeny bit of footage of of this one before but never watched it in full so it'll be interesting to see absolutely so people make sure to subscribe give us that five star rating and we'll catch you next week with that Nintendo. Oh, that was uh, E3. <laughs> I, I just, it's literally oh, okay. the title. We'll be back next week with the Nintendo E3 2002 press conference from PGC E3 2002 DVD. 
on Quest Rewind. Full rip. Yeah. MP4. 